0: This morning, I am going to continue to work in the area of the prophetic. Okay, so it's not a teaching morning. I'm going to stay in the prophetic, and I'm just going to continue to tear out some stuff that's in my new book, The Divine uh, Reset. Um, But before I do that, should we read some scripture? Um, The Bible says that we should give ourselves to the public reading of scripture. And... um, Uh, So listen to this. Psalm 139. You ready for it? It's in the Passion Version. Says this, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. You understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. I mean, that's amazing, right? Think of that. Uh, You read my heart like an open book, it says. Listen to verse five. You've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I go? Wherever I go, your strength will empower me. Let me just cut forward a little bit. Verse 13, you formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me sto- so mysteriously complex. <laughs> oh, boy. Anybody feel mysteriously complex sometimes? <laughs> Sometimes I wish you weren't so complex, but it is quite reassuring that humans are complex beings. Verse uh, 15, for you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I'd ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book every single moment. You're thinking of me. It's, that's just. An incredible reassurance, you know, God has already been into our future. And he's beckoning us forward, you know, like when you're teaching a child to walk and you kind of half stoops down. I think it's the book of Isaiah talks about God stooping down to make us great. And it's a parental picture of of God in his grace bending and saying, come on, walk this way. And I want to reassure us again. We know it, but we need to we need to know that we know it. it needs to be right in our hearts. God's with us. What's going on is no surprise to him. And he will lead us forward. He has no plans to harm us just to bring us a hope. And a future. So I want to continue to prophesy into your life this morning. Some things that I believe God is saying and uh, just let it go deep. If you've got a pad and a pen, yeah, write things out that I'm saying any pertinent phrases, be listening for them. It's just sometimes a little phrase. I know as a preacher that I can stand and talk for 20 minutes and actually there'll be four words in a row that hit your heart that mean the most. That's how God operates. It's called revelation. Something gets quite quickened in you and you know, okay, that was an important phrase for me. I I felt something leap in my spirit. So um, uh, this week... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, eight o'clock, I'm going to be doing a prophet speak and I'll be there with Simon Breaker and Sharon Stone and Rachel Hickson. And and I also got a collation. I'm part of a group called the UK Council of Prophets. So there's a whole load of wild prophets around the country sensing what God is saying. And I actually have the complete sheets of all their words for 2021. And uh, we're just going to be looking at some of the headlines of those words and seeing the repeated things that God is saying so that we're fully lined up. Uh, Um, But let me kind of dive in now with some stuff that I sense God is saying. And, um, there's kind of seven key things and I'll just headline them again for you. They, they, they're they all featured in the book in depth uh, and then we're going to dive into one or two of those uh, just for this morning. Is that okay? So the seven things that God is doing right now, the prophetic focus as he speaks uh, both to me and to prophetic people around the world that I'm connected to is God is moving in judgment and justice. I think we've spoken about that, about that quite a bit. Number two, there's a call for a return to the prayer rooms. Many prophets are saying there's going to be a surge of 24-7 prayer around the world. Interestingly, about two years ago, around about... Uh, yeah, round right about two years ago, God gave me a word about Brexit, and He and He told me what was going to happen. And I shared it online; it's for all to see on the blog. And that's what's happened with regards Brexit. But the second half of the word about Brexit was that about the time of Brexit, there would be a surge, and su- a surge of prayer and a recall, a call to return to the prayer rooms. And again, that is exactly what's going on right now. If you want to put yourself in the centre of God's will, uh, give in to the tug of God he calls you to prayer to 24/7 prayer to the prayer rooms to new initiatives in prayer because it's going to be transformational for us. Number 3, this is what prayer will lead to. There's a new sense of the kingdom mandate that we're not here uh, just to, you know, create tidy little Sunday services and nice youth groups and Sunday school and make sure that church runs nicely for everybody. We have a kingdom mandate. That means we're here to go transform the world. And actually as we go deeper in prayer, I believe we're We're going to go further in mission than ever before. There's a kingdom mandate for us to go and turn the mountains of influence in the world into places of the kingdom coming. And people like Remy, you've just heard he's doing that in the NHS. He's doing that in the persecuted church. Um, and, And so we need to be taking up our mantles of responsibility of rulership and saying, right, I'm going to go where God leads me. The fourth thing is kingdom innovation. In order to reach new kingdom mountains, God's going to give us new ideas, new strategies, new blueprints and new ways. Uh, And this is where perhaps the church may never look the same again. We will gather. We will worship. We will hug. We will eat food together. Don't worry. But listen, I believe we're going to pick up our mantles of responsibility to transform the world innovate with the help of the Holy Spirit and see a great transformation uh, take place in entire nations. There's amazing stuff going on uh, right now. I've even, uh, I'm involved this week in a call. Do you realize that somewhere between 130,000 conservative estimates, some say 300,000 people uh, may be shifting from Hong Kong to the UK in the next little while. Well, the church is preparing a nationwide welcome for them. Um, Let's just trust that all All these different things that are shifting right now around the world can be uh, touched, infiltrated and transformed by the power of God's kingdom moving in lives. Okay, so there's all kinds of stuff going on. Number five, it's a day of selfless collaboration like never before. Talked a lot about that. We'll come back to that again another time, I'm sure. And then. Number six, where I'm going to go today, there's something happening with what I call the silver surfers, the older generation and the young arrows being released, the younger generation. I'm going to just hone in on that in a moment. And then the final one, there's a new sound happening in worship. There's almost an apostolic call, a powerful authoritative call from God for the church to speak out and sing out and transform atmospheres. And of course, that is being hugely challenged in places like the U.K., as we're challenged about uh, uh, you know can we sing and stuff like that I was on a zoom call to Florida today and they're just completely opened up they're completely singing and and all this kind of stuff the person I was talking to could not believe that I'd not laid hands on anyone uh, in public for 10 months it's just been an incredible season uh, but church we are called to rise up and sing and shout and declare for God so let's trust that God gives us ways to do that in the coming season is that okay so this is seven things. But like I say, I want to home in on just a couple of those for a few moments uh, this morning. Here's the first thing. God's doing something amongst silver surfers. Okay. The older generation, God is wanting you to be like Caleb and say, God, give me one more mountain. I don't want retirement. I want refinement. I'm not indicating whether you work for money or not, that kind of thing. I don't mean that. What I mean is don't just stop. There are fresh mantles falling from heaven that some of you older generation need to pick up and say, I have wisdom. I still have rulership responsibility. I have things to do in the kingdom. And you're going to find that there's a quickening of the Holy Spirit that happens in your heart in the coming season. God is calling you to take new mountains, to take new challenges. And I believe some of you are even gonna, you're Spend your silver years going off on mission again. Things that you thought, well, those times are behind us and life's a bit more sedate now. I believe God's going to call you to other nations to other mountains of responsibility, to other places of influence. And it ain't over. Some of you that have ended your leadership journey, the leadership journey is not over. I know it's lovely to take off the haversack of the weight of, especially church leadership sometimes feels like that, the day I took on Revive and became the leader of Revive. uh, You know, I'd ministered before, I'd preached before, I'd led worship before, I'd made decisions before, I'd carried vision before. But the moment you carry leadership, it's like putting a haversack on your back that you have, to say, oh, Jesus, help me to carry this because ministry and responsibility are two different things. But listen, some of you that have put down the haversack, the weight of your responsibility, God is saying, no, I, I'm, I'm not expecting you to do what you did before, but there are some things I need you to pick up and not just sit on the sidelines in this season. Uh, there's a refinement coming. Listen to this prophetic word that, uh, that's uh, in the divine reset. And it's from a guy in America and you can read the full thing uh, in the book. But listen to this. I hear the father saying I am breaking the age barrier. Quit saying I'm getting older. Christ in you is ageless. Allow his spirit to quicken your mortal body and soar with the eagles. And don't tell me where I can't send you this year. Get over yourself and buy some new luggage. Oh, boy, that would be really prophetic right now, (laughs) wouldn't it? Oh, a word to the kingdom's older stars. It says I sense the Lord saying the oldest stars in my kingdom are going to shine brighter and do greater exploits than ever before. I sense there's a special anointing coming upon older men and women in the body of Christ. God is not through using you. Your age is not against you. It is for you. Job 12:12 12, 12 says wisdom is with the elderly and understanding comes with long life. You have more wisdom now than ever. With years comes understanding. This anointing is going to cause you to live longer. Oh, get that. Come on, get that prophetic word. Many of you have not planned to live long enough. It will be an anointing similar to Caleb when he reached 85 years. He said to the Lord, I'm as strong now as when I was 40 and I want to take another mountain. There is coming a spiritual fountain of youth into your midst, a renewing, a release of God's strength. Psalm 68, 28 says your God has commanded your strength. God is commanding his strength into you. One translation says your God has decided you will be strong. Wow. A little bit more. Many of you are going to have to live longer because God's not through using you many of you are going to have to go into a second childhood into the in the spirit you will be reactivated by God to live out your dreams that you're just dreaming about right now people and relatives will laugh and say you're going to do what you're going to go where at your age but that anointing is going to rise up within you to take mountains do exploits to run and not be weary to walk and not faint our older years are where we are in our prime to be used by God and to bring forth fruit so Psalm 91:16 says, with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. There's an anointing coming upon God's people to live longer. The joy of the Lord, which is our strength, is lengthening our days on the earth. Many have made out their wills. But before you think about leaving, Check your father's will for you. I don't think you're going anywhere for a while. As Abraham and Sarah conceived in old age, you were about to conceive and live to see your Isaac, your impossible dream. Remember, too old is not in the Bible. Brrr, how's that for a challenge, anybody? Come on. God is moving on an older generation right now. There are longings in you, older generation, that need to be transferred to the younger there's things that your eyes have seen and your ears have heard that need to be passed on. Uh, And here's where I I just begin to shift to talk about a younger generation, something happening with the children and the teens and maybe even a little bit above that. There's there's a move taking place at the younger end and the older end right now. Uh, God is beginning to shift and move, not just in the middle. God is shifting. And this is a prophetic word for many things. He's shifting to the margins to begin to uh, reactivate some areas that have been left. And that's true of lots of things in church life in the kingdom and in ministry you can take that word when Jesus came John the Baptist came before him and it says of of that uh, Luke 1 13 to 17 says um, he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers listen to this to make ready a people prepared for the Lord When God's about to move, he does something at the edges. He does something intergenerational. So the older has to be activated, not to sit there and go, well, it wasn't as good as it used to be. And remember in my day, no, 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 no. All that wisdom needs to begin to flow. It's not nostalgia, it's different, it's wisdom, but it needs to flow somewhere. And it needs to, says the hearts of the fathers are turned to the children. I believe something is gonna go on that causes a joining between the extremes of of the generations, okay? Uh, And it prepares for a move of God. Malachi 4, 5 to 6, this is where that verse comes from. as It's describing the work of John the Baptist. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. There's something about generational connection that prepares a land for God to move, So I believe he's going to move on the older and the younger in this time. Listen, um, here's a lovely verse. Psalm 127, verse 4. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. What does that mean? Well, it means older generation, the children need to be at hand. We don't kind of, you know, put them away somewhere. They're right here in our hand. And if they're like arrows, it means our job, says elsewhere in Isaiah, is what God does to arrows. He polishes them. So uh, older generation, we've gotta be close enough to the younger generation to polish and to prepare, because they are our armory. Older generation, you carry wisdom. Younger generation, you carry energy. But together, if the arrow is polished and prepared, we have an armory to release the energy of God into the purposes of the kingdom. So there needs to be a coming together of generations, the wisdom of age, the energy of youth, the idealism of youth, the vision of youth, as it's pulled together. We don't just release the young people off to some corner somewhere and trust that they're having fun in God, there needs to be a coming together like never before because we need each other generationally in this season. Acts 2, 16 and 17 says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Peter, when he's describing the move of the spirit in the book of Acts, he says this promise is for you and your children on the day of Pentecost, on the day the church was born, God birthed the supernatural ministry of children. And that's what we need to do. How do we polish and bring them together? Well, I I love the picture from Exodus 33 of Moses meeting God in the tent of meeting. He met with God in all of his glory. And the Bible says that they spoke as two friends face to face, remember? Uh, Now, it doesn't mean that Moses ever saw his face because it was a cloud. He met him in a mist, but he was face to face with God. But the Bible also says, Joshua, his young aide, never left the tent. Moses brought Joshua into the presence of God and showed him what it was like to encounter God. An older generation, this is what we need to do. We need to know God and show the way to knowing God. But we need to be close enough to the younger generation to take them with us into the tent of meeting. Something happens when we draw our kids into the very presence of God. Now, here's the thing. Here's a challenge for us, right? Number one, we need to have a of meeting to take the younger generation to. If you don't meet God, if you don't encounter God, if you don't hear God's voice, you will simply pass on to the younger generation your inability to encounter God. So there's the challenge. Older generation, we must be a people of the spirit, people of intimacy, a people that know our God. We don't just know church, but we know God. And then what do we do? We bring them into our tent of meeting. Challenge for parents in this time. Are you ready? I speak as a parent. Um, I, I no more take from Zach uh, whether he should or shouldn't go to the youth meeting. Then, then I let him decide whether he should or shouldn't attend Let's, should we say Zoom classes in school at the moment because that's where it's at, right? I don't consider education to be more important than my son knowing God. So I don't give him a choice. He doesn't get to tell me whether he goes to the youth meeting or not. I say, get your butt on that seat and you connect. Why? Because I want to put my son in the place of God's presence. Bible says, train a child in the way he should go. Not the way he wants to go, in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. It's a, it's a principle. It's not a promise, but it's a principle of life that in In general, you want to do everything you can to put them in the place of encountering God. And we're so grateful to Matt and Emily and all their team who are working hard for youth and kids work right now to be as fun as it can be online. I know it's hard, but as fun as it can be, as spiritual as it can be. And here's my challenge to you, especially as this year that we're in, you know, 2020 has been remarkable. And what within uh, six weeks or so, we'll have hit a full year of lockdowns and difficulties like this, I wanna challenge you parents, put your kids in God's way, put your kids in God's presence, draw them into God's tent, draw them into your tent of spirituality, share with them, say grace with them, explain things to them, be spiritual with them, but also don't take any, as far as I'm concerned, don't let them choose whether they go to the youth meeting or not. I know this probably comes an age where if it's not been part of the family set up it's probably going to be too late to instigate this. So you kind of need to start it young. Um, you know more. Tell me whether you're going to go to the youth meeting or not or revival kids. than you would tell me whether you're going to go to school or not. Because if not, what you're saying is education is more important than knowing God. That's a big challenge, isn't it? If we go, you must go to school. But it's up to you whether you go to the youth Zoom. You're kind of speaking a whole powerful message of what you really, even though you go to church, even though you read the Bible, what you really believe is education matters. God, it's up to you. I want to challenge you. Something is about to break out in the younger generation. Do not let your child miss it. Push them into the presence of God. I remember once we were doing a, an event at Doncaster Dome and uh, Zach would have been about five years old at that time. He's just turning in 12 now, but he would have been about five years old then. And, and we were really strict in our house on bedtimes. You know, uh, my wife, Vicky, she's a fantastic mum and she's really good at kind of, you know, let's, let's create routine and all this kind of stuff. But we were having this meeting at Doncaster Dome and we knew... Even though it's going to wreck all the bedtimes and Zach might have a terrible day the next day because, you know, didn't like uh, not getting to bed on time and all this kind of stuff. We're going to keep him up and we're going to put him in the place of the presence of God. And I remember I was preaching that night in Doncaster Dome and there was people there and we were talking and praying for people regarding the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And at the back of the hall, there's a balcony. And Vicki was up there with Zach in her arms, just watching dad preach. And the spirit of God was moving and the piano was being played. And God was in the place and people were being healed and transformed. And just as Vicky held him in her arms, overlooking this scene of the presence of God, Zach began to speak in tongues. Sometimes all you need to do is put your kids in the tent where they have more of a chance of encountering God. Don't let them say computer games, exciting. Spirituality, not exciting. We have a responsibility to be priests in our home and to say, kids, I I want you to have heaps of fun. But this is really important now. I want you to know God so we're responsible for that as parents, aren't we? But if we put them in the place, my parents put me in the place. They they took me to church sometimes up to five times on a Sunday. It's surprising that I'm sane at all, isn't it? They would get me to church early, get me to church late. We'd go everywhere. We were that kind of family. Uh, But when I was six years old in a service, God walked into that room. And I knew God wasn't a song, social action, a service, a scripture even. God was real and I began to encounter God. There's nothing more precious than putting our kids into a place of encounter. And so I want to encourage you as as this time goes on, there could be a big gap in our kids spirituality, just like we're worried about big gaps in their education right now. Do everything you can to bring God into your home and to push your children into the tent of encounter to meet God. Because the day they realize God isn't just a song or a service we attend. He's a person that loves me and knows me. And he wove me together in my mother's womb. Then you'll have a transformed child. So two really important things that God is doing. And I'm closing here. Number one, silver surface. There's a reignition coming. There's a quickening of the spirit of God. Don't let your bones get old and tired. Stir up the spirit that's within you. What has God got for you to do next? And then parents and children, something is about to break out among children. Position your home for God to move among the young. Because I'm telling you, some of you out there, uh, you know, I was praying this as I drove over. Owen Andrews, if you're listening, the mantle of leadership is on your life. Don't ever... Let the enemy deceive you or pull you away from who you were truly called to be. There's a mantle of leadership on your life. Prince, I mean, these guys are young men now. Prince, come on. The anointing of heaven is on your life. You are a remarkable young man. And I just pray that God would just speak into your dreams again and again and bring transformation to you because you have inside of you the capacity to transform nations. Keep walking with God. God is with you and he's upon you. Young men and women, some of you coming up to your late teens now, listen, the mantle of leadership is strong on you. Expect it to be activated in this time. I pray that God will give you dreams and visions to transform mountains and places of influence in the world, even now. Older generation, do not say I'm too old. (laughs) Younger generation, don't say you're too young. I pray that Revive would experience a revival in these two extremes in the coming months and years. Because I believe it's what God is saying.